This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 127, Money Mindset 101. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Hi there, Ms. Unstoppable. Today I am recording in Mexico in a hotel room on my phone. (laughs) I know the past two episodes I've been recording on my phone. The audio quality probably isn't great unless my editor, Paroma, who is amazing, made it sound awesome. But just with scheduling things and honestly just getting a little bit behind at recording these, I just have to make do with what I've got. So I appreciate you listening because today's episode is a great one. We're going to be talking about money. And honestly, I could not have picked a better time to record this episode while being in Mexico. So I'm actually here with just my husband. We left the kids at home. It's our first no kids trip in five years, which is crazy. I don't know how we let that go for five years, having a baby and all the things, right? It's just, it can be all consuming in some ways, but we're here, just me and him. And we're actually here because his work, they have incentive trips. So every, so often when they hit a certain, you know, amount of money that they have for assets under management, and he's a wealth manager, then everyone gets a trip. And so I'm here with a lot of people that he works with, all of which deal with money all day long. And so (laughs) I've definitely had money on my mind a lot. Also being here in Mexico and seeing just the different way of living and the way that they serve people in this country made me think a lot about money too. So again, I couldn't have thought of a better time to do this episode other than the audio quality probably not being the best. But yes, so today we're going to talk about Money Mindset 101. So I'm going to teach you three things to start to do to up-level your money game. Now, I just want to give you a quick little history of my money story for you. So I grew up what I would consider upper middle class. My dad is an engineer or was an engineer. My mom stayed at home, but then she would also go and work from time to time doing various things. She had a background in education. She was never a teacher but she would write different programming and stuff like that for educational programs and doing different technical writing. This is like right when the computer boom was happening. And so my parents did pretty well. And so I grew up in an environment where we were never worried about money. Now, money was talked about often in a way of, you know, we're not going to buy that or that's too fancy because both of my parents grew up in environments where money was was pretty tight. My dad grew up with a single mom in the 1950s and 60s. So, you know, that was kind of a big deal. My grandma worked at a factory in Michigan. 
And then my, my mom's parents were both teachers and educators. And so they actually did pretty well. You know, obviously educators don't make a ton of money, but my grandparents grew up in the Great Depression. And specifically my grandfather on my mom's side grew up during what was called the Dust Bowl, I believe, in Texas. And he was a farmer, his family was farmers. And so they were literally dirt poor. And so some of those things have been passed down to me of, you know, just anxiety really around money and money not being something you splurge with. And there were some thoughts about rich people that were passed down to me. And I didn't really understand those things until I did the exercises that I'm going to teach you today to really start to change my own mindset with money. Now, my own personal story with money is that, again, I grew up you know, upper middle class. I went to a private school. My education was completely paid for, which was probably about 100K. Again, I know I'm very blessed, but I will say in that environment, I was like the kid that didn't get to really enjoy that so much. I had to work the whole time. Now I was also in a sorority. And so my parents said, well, if you're going to do this sorority thing, then you need to pay for your own dues and pay for your own social life which is completely understandable, but I grew up in an environment there with all my friends who didn't have to do that and who were just given, frankly, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars every week to just even go like blow, you know, at the time Banana Republic was like the big thing or even go to Neiman Marcus, which if you know what Neiman is, it's it's a very nice store. So lots of money. And I always just kind of felt like, like, why don't I get to really enjoy money and have money? And so I consistently felt like I didn't get to enjoy money and life as much as my friends then. Again, I'm not blaming my parents for that. (laughs) Again, I understand how luxurious that is to just be able to give your kids hundreds of dollars. And I'm not saying I'm for that, but growing up, you know, especially as a teenager, it was just kind of like, oh, this stinks. Like, you know, that entitlement kind of piece. And so again, you know, I didn't quite feel like I fit in with my peers with money because of reasons like that. So then I go into the working world and immediately right away, I just started to undervalue myself in a variety of ways of, you know, taking lower pay than I should, dating people that probably weren't the greatest. I mean, now everything happens for a reason. I have peace with that, but yeah, I just, I didn't really have a lot of money training even. I remember when in college, you know, they had these tables where these credit card companies would set up and they'd be like, come by, come get this free cool shirt. And it'd be like some party kind of shirt, you know, and we'd all be like, yeah, let's go get these shirts. And we would sign up for these credit cards. And then I get these credit cards in the mail and I would just start using them. Again, I just had very little training about money during those years, very little concept of how anything worked. And then even when I went into the working world of like, I don't know how much money I need to survive or to thrive with. I don't know what other people are making. It just was like money was not on my radar at all. And it really wasn't until later, you know, a couple years later in the working world, like my mid-20s, when I ended up pregnant with my daughter was when I really sat down with money. And granted, at this time too, I'd already had a business, a dance studio. And so there I was looking at money, but I still, I remember telling my boss because for a while my dance studio was owned by somebody else and I ran it. I remember saying, I really need some training about money. 
I know what, how much money is going out. I can easily track that, but I really don't understand how much is coming in and how to plan for that and use that to the best of my advantage. And I just getting it, still didn't get that training because then they ended up giving the dance studio to me. So anyways, it wasn't until my mid-20s did I sit down with my then partner and say, we've got to look at our bills, like we've got to figure out what's going on here and started to have somewhat of a responsibility around money. And it was that time when <laughs> it became very eye-opening that we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, we did, but but yet we were blowing a lot of money. Like, for example, he was making, gosh, I think around 60K per year. And then when I got pregnant with my daughter, I quit my dance studio and I was just taking temp jobs. So I really wasn't making very much, maybe like 20, 30K you know, because I wasn't working full time either. And he was driving a brand new infinity that he was leasing. We were going shopping for clothes all the time. I mean, just those two expenses alone is, is not smart for somebody <laughs> making that amount of money. So yeah, there was a lot to clean up there. And again, when I was with him, he never really wanted to look at money with me. And it wasn't until him and I broke up that, you know, then I was a single mom. And for a while, I didn't have a job. You know, I was going through a divorce, didn't have a job intentionally because I wanted to stay at home with my daughter and transition her through the divorce. But I really had to sit down, look at money, establish a very firm budget and live on that very, very firm budget, which for a while was only about 3k a month. And just to give you some insight, my mortgage was about 1300 So about half my money was going to my mortgage. And so the rest of that money had to be budgeted well. And, and for those years that I was a single mom making about that money, every day I sit down with a Excel spreadsheet and I would track every single purchase down to the penny of my money. But again, I wasn't at a place where I was really looking at the future. I was just looking at the present. But I will say during those years when I was tracking every single penny and I started to really appreciate the value of money and I started to really appreciate life, to be honest with you. During those years, even though on paper I had very little money, those are some of the happiest years of my life. And at this time, I started dating my now husband, who I said is a money guy. And I was very open with him about my money. And there would be times he would give me these looks of like, oh my gosh, I'm scared for you. And to me, I was very rarely scared. In essence, I was very happy with my life. And I realized during that time that you really don't need a lot of money to have a great life and to be happy. And it was actually very freeing for me during those years to realize that, you know, I don't need to be a part of what we sometimes call like this rat race of chasing, you know, money and fame or, or, you know, admiration, because I was very, very happy with the very simple life I had with my daughter and, you know, just, just living very cleanly in essence, like living just with the things that we needed on our basics. So yeah, so then I marry my husband. My husband, as I said, is a money guy. And so he does, you know, retirement planning and so many other things for his clients. And so I've started to learn that world. I must admit that world bores me. <laughs> 
to a point where, you know, when they just start throwing out all these letters and numbers and all this stuff, I'm like trying to keep my eyes open. If you could tell me a number, I would instantly forget it. But if you tell me a story about your life, I will remember it forever. (laughs) I'm just, my brain just does not remember numbers very well. I just don't find money and investing interesting or future planning interesting at all. So I'm very grateful I have him and he finds that very interesting. But I will say what's been really cool about our partnership together, my husband and I, is that I'm really good at the day-to-day. He's really good at the future planning. And in that, we have both been able to lean on each other to show each other, in essence, what's the word here, holes in our money mindset. So like, for example, when I met him, he was all about, this is what I want in my future, but he wasn't getting what he wants in his future because he wasn't on top of his present day to day. And, you know, I had no concept of the future whatsoever. I'm still like that. If you know Clifton strengths, I do not have the strength of futuristic high. It's one of my lowest. I totally live in the moment. So, so yeah, we were starting to, in essence, show each other holes in our money mindset as I was learning personal development and all the things. So now we're at a place, you know, when he came and we started dating in 2013. So gosh, eight years ago. He had about 350K saved in his retirement account. And based off what we've been able to do together between saving and mindset things and just, you know, teaming up together, we're now at a place, we were just talking about it yesterday, where we're reaching a million dollars in between our house and the equity we have in our house and then what we have in retirement accounts. So we've been able to make really great shifts the past few years. And whilst, you know, on paper, you could be like, oh yeah, well, because you, you guys have saved this amount of money and, you know, then the market has been able to do X, Y, Z to take that money and grow it. It's all comes down to money mindset, because if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to take the right actions to get the results that you want. You know, I often talk about on the show, a tool called the model and the model is all about that. It's never about the circumstance of how much money you have or don't have in this case. It's about your thoughts about that money or that circumstance that then drive your feelings and those feelings drive your actions to create the results you want. So yeah, so today, as I said, we're going to talk about my top three money mindset tips. And so let's dive into them, right? So the first one is pretty simple, yet so complex at the same time, because it's going to take you bringing thoughts into your conscious awareness. And that is always the hardest part. Once you can bring something into your awareness, that gives you the power to change it. But if you're not aware of something, of course, how are you going to change it, right? And so an exercise I encourage you to do is to write on the top of a piece of paper, something like money, right? If you hear voices in the background, it's because people are walking by my hotel room, but write at the top of the page money, and then write all your thoughts about money. Okay. So it can be things like money doesn't grow on trees. Money is hard to come by. Money is evil. You know, you can have positive thoughts on there too of money equals freedom, money is a way to give back, you know, regardless of what comes out, just try and get as much as you can uh, down on paper about your thoughts about money. Okay. And it may be an exercise that maybe you open a note doc on your phone and then you just keep coming back to it and coming back to it to pull more thoughts into your awareness. Because the more you can understand what you're thinking about money, 
the more you're going to see that you're creating those results in your life. Okay. So if you think money is hard to come by, for example, money is probably hard to come by in your life. If you think money is evil or bad or greedy or wrong, you know, you're probably going to what's the word? <laughs> I can't think of all the words today. You're going to, I want to say detach, but that's not the right word. Detect, de- whatever, deflect. There we go. You're going to deflect money from you. Same with, you know, if, if you're thinking, you know, money is, you have to work really hard for money. You're probably going to have to work really hard for money. One thought that I pulled, it actually comes from a 90s song. I think from Biggie Smalls, more money, more problems. I remember saying that often for a while of like, oh, more money, more problems. I don't want that. And so, of course, I wasn't making more money because I thought the more money I have, the more problems I'm going to have. And it's just one little thought like that that is going to impact you likely in a very big way in regards to how much money you're bringing in. And you may already be very uncomfortable because in your brain, you may be like, yeah, Lindsay, but, but money is really bad or money is really wrong or it's greedy or whatever your thoughts are about that. And you feel like those are hard truths for you. And that's great. You are welcome to think whatever you want about money, but I just want you to sit down and really think, are these thoughts serving me? Is it serving me not to have the amount of money I want? Is it serving me to have to work really hard for money? Is it serving me to have really negative thoughts about money and people who have money, okay? Because really at the end of the day, we want money in the hands of people who are going to do good things with it, okay? So I'm sorry, you can hear my husband's phone in the background, but especially if you look at the research, women who have money give back. And so the more women that have more money, the more we're gonna be giving to communities, And to people who don't have necessarily the opportunities that we have as, you know, a likely working, you know, woman in the world. You know, as I'm thinking about here, as I'm in Mexico, I was even talking to my husband. I was like, hey, have you noticed that most of the waiters here at our hotel, they're mostly men, where the women tend to have these jobs that, you know, maybe they're not getting as much tips from. And I'm like, man, that's that's so sexist and such BS because the men have these opportunities to make, you know, their likely hourly wage and then tips on top of that for the women don't. And I just I'm so appreciative yet again of being a woman in what I'm in, you know, the United States, you may be in another country where you have opportunity like, you know, I have clients in New Zealand and Germany and Australia, for example. And so they have obviously opportunity there. Now we definitely have our setbacks, right? The gender wage difference is still there. And especially if you're a woman of color, don't even get me started because it's even worse, but we still have these opportunities, right? And the more that we can work on our money mindset, the more we can open ourselves up to abundance to take that in. Because not only is money about somebody giving money to us, it's about us being open and receptive and available to be able to take that money. Okay. And that's part of the problem with women, generally speaking, is that we're typically not in a mindset that we feel deserving and we feel confident to be able to accept that abundance. Whereas generally speaking, men do, they feel more confident and just more, deserving, I guess is the word here to really say, yeah, I'll take that raise. Yeah, I'll take that promotion. Yeah, I'll take, you know, whatever 
opportunity you want to give me where, you know, women are like, oh, I don't know. I don't quite have all the qualifications to get that new role. Oh, I'm not going to apply or I'm not going to ask for a raise. I'm just going to take what I'm given versus generally speaking, men do that stuff. Okay. Now I will say too, I'm not saying that gender and race and many other things, like maybe even your sexual orientation, all those things play into society being able and open to give you abundance, okay? So let's just say, statistically speaking, me as a white woman and then a black woman go in for the same job interview and they want both of us, right? And maybe there's two positions available. I would hope that they would be offering us the same amount of money. Of course, if we're both equally skilled and all of that, right? But statistically speaking, they may be likely offering me a little bit more money than they would my black counterpart. Now, if we add in, you know, white male in that, they may be offering him even more, right? And so that's where we have to realize, yes, we need to work on our money mindset. Absolutely. We need to be open and receptive and ready for that abundance, But I don't want to downplay that there are still some societal issues here at play blocking us from abundance. So no matter what work we do on our own mindsets to have the relationship we want with money and to think about it the way we want and to be open and receptive to that, we still have to be educated of things like bias, be educated in regards to how much is other people in this role making and really realize and educate, unfortunately, other people of, hey, this is gender bias. This is race bias. This is, you know, bias because of my sexual orientation and things of that sort. And that is why, you know, you're not giving me these opportunities. All right. We could go down a whole nother rabbit hole with that. And I'm actually going to be bringing on my anti-racism coach, Alyssa Hall, on the show soon, where we're going to be talking more about this because it's a tri- it's a tricky place, right? <clears throat> like we want to be able to be open and receptive to abundance, but we also have to recognize that even when we're the most receptive and open that we can ever be, there's still going to likely be bias against us. And so it is on our shoulders sometimes to fight for ourselves and to educate others and be like, "Hey, you are actually doing this because I'm a woman and you don't even mean to do it per se, but you're doing this and here's why. And that's why, again, like I do the work that I do in the world to help women own their power and to speak their truth and own their voice and do all that stuff. And I'm going to be adding in more of the work I've been doing with Alyssa into my coaching and programs to help women be able to have these conversations and know too when they're being discriminated against, especially when it comes to money. All right. So total sign tangent back to point number one, think about your relationship with money, right? Something like money at the top of the page, write all your thoughts down. I also encourage you to write at the top of a page, you know, rich people and what your thoughts are about rich people and write poor people and what your thoughts are about poor people. Okay. You just want to bring to your conscious mind, the thoughts you're thinking about people. Cause if you're having all these negative thoughts about rich people, Of course, you're going to deflect money from you if you have all these thoughts about poor people and how bad and scary and all those things are, or maybe that's really honorable to be a poor person. None of those are true because I've been, you know, with somebody without money. Now, granted, not poor, poor, but without money. And that's why, again, I said, you know, that time of my life was so beautiful because I realized it's like, 
money does not make my life necessarily any better. What money allows me to create is just more freedom for me to be able to have freedom with more time and to have freedom with, you know, the choices that I am able to make. And money also gives me an opportunity to give back more. And I love that about money. And so, you know, I know that money is not going to make me any happier or any better in my life. I realized even recently when we went to Hawaii, I would be totally content living in a tent on the beach in Hawaii for the rest of my life. And so times too, I do get really stressed about money. And so I've decided to think about money, just like money's money, Lindsay. It's just money. It's just money. And I'm able to calm myself out of that. And especially if you've had a childhood, like some of my clients and my husband included in that, where you didn't have a lot of money, you're going to have more to clean up likely around your money mindsets because you had times that are quote unquote scary or quote unquote hard, especially if it was framed in that way to you when you were a kid, because, you know, a child's brain is highly emotional. You're looking to the outside world, especially your parents and caregivers to help you define, you know, the outside world. And so you're likely taking on their beliefs about money as well. And so if you think again, like, oh my gosh, not having money is really bad and scary. And that was a really bad and scary time for us. That was just the way it was framed for you. And it may have had bad and scary times in there, but that may not be only because of money. Okay. So it's just really important. You spend time analyzing your thoughts about money. What I have my clients do my living the dream program, which is my program for ongoing clients is we, they have a whole training about money and I have them write their money story. So from even before they were born, what their parents, you know, money relationship was like and what their money stories that they know of were. So what they inherited from them and then what their money story was and like things like their first money memories in there because that highly impacted their views about money. And so, there, you know, there's a lot more that you can do here. But the first thing to do is to just really start to think, what are my thoughts about money? And then step two is to think about what do I want to think about money? And you may want to think something like money is amazing and wonderful and great and I want more of it. But there's a part of your brain that's like, eh, I don't really believe that. Like that just seems really out there and too airy-fairy for me. And maybe you want to get to that place where you are just so in love with money and you think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. But you need to start by shifting your beliefs to things that are just believable enough, okay? So for me, you know, I've said just a minute ago, I thought that I have is money's just money. Like I just want to get in a place where money's neutral. Money's just money. Money's just money. Because I do find myself getting caught up a lot still with, you know, money equals success. Money equals respect. The more I earn, the more people are going to pay attention. Those are thoughts I'm currently working through in my money game. Now I've up-leveled a lot over the years as I've done this exercise over and over again. But I'm getting to a place where it's like, oh, I feel myself just getting a little bit too attached to money and how much I'm making and what that means about me. And so the thought that I'm using that feels right to me at this time and feels just believable enough is money's just money. Money's just money. And then I maybe add on a couple of thoughts, you know, on top of that of things like I'm respected just as I am. Money, the amount of money I make or doesn't make doesn't matter. And instead of money equals success, of uh, success equals having a balanced and beautiful life. And beautiful to me, meaning like, you know, a present life. Okay. So that's step two is to start to think, what do I intentionally want to think about money? And just saying those over and over again, and really taking time to envision when you say it and holding space 
for that thought for about 16 seconds. That's what research has shown as the time that it takes to really start to cement in the brain every day of you saying that. Now it's going to take you at least 21 days for a brain wire to form to start to fully believe that belief even more. And some research shows it takes far more than 21 days, but you'll know when you get to a place of you're saying something intentionally every day of like money's just money, money's just money to a place where you start to say it and you're like, yeah, money's just money. Like, I don't need to say this anymore. It's just a part of me. I just believe it in every cell of my being. And then you don't say it anymore. And then maybe you decide, okay, now I want to believe, you know, money is abundant or money's my best friend or whatever you want and go from there. Okay. Now the third tip that I want to give you is to not only, you know, we've talked about bringing awareness, what you think about money, getting intentional and starting to program in what you want to think about money. But step three is really understanding where money comes from. Okay. Because a lot of people too, you know, when they have these negative thoughts about money, like money is hard and money's for greedy and all these things, right? They then sabotage themselves from having more money. In essence, they almost become like a victim of like, oh, well, my boss is such a jerk or, you know, this thing happened to me or that thing happened to me or it's because I'm a woman, you know, kind of thing, which I'm not discrediting that we're definitely, you know, we don't always have the same opportunities, again, especially if you're a woman of color. But when you're in that space of victimhood, you're not in a space of necessarily neutrality and of gratitude and of a place where you're giving service, okay? Because money comes from value, The more value you give to the world, the more you're going to get back, okay? Now, there's a trick in this is not only is it you showing up and giving immense value, it's finding the people who value it the most, okay? So an example that I typically give, and it's one that I actually heard, I don't know where I heard it from, but if you are a chef and you've trained, you know, in the best culinary school, And then you go to a school cafeteria and you're like, oh my gosh, I can make, you know, these five course meals and all the stuff. They're going to be like, well, that's great. But all we need you to do is just make mashed potatoes and warm up the chicken nuggets. And it pays, you know, $10 an hour. You're going to be like, but, but wait a second, but I'm, I'm so much more talented than this. I can do all these things. And they'll be like, yeah, but the job description says, and this is what we want. We don't really care. You can do all those other things. We don't value those other things versus if this person goes to, you know, a five-star restaurant and they're like, yes, oh my gosh. And we are going to pay you, you know, a thousand dollars an hour to do this, these amazing meals. And we're going to celebrate you. And, you know, you're going to be the star of our show. And we're going to tell everybody in town about how we have this new chef, right? You see the difference in that. And so not only is a job for you to get to a place where you're giving immense value, which is a mindset game. I will tell you, you know, this is what I'm doing with my clients in essence is the first three months of coaching. We're coaching on all their blocks and the things that are holding them back from getting the goals they want, which may be more money an up level in their career and maybe some other things in their personal life or internally. We're coaching on all those things to get that out of their mind or not out of their mind, but to heal those things. So then they can get to a place of neutrality and getting to a place where they can serve at a higher level. And that's when my clients typically make more money. They get promotions. 
they have better relationships, they feel better because they've cleared out some of the, you know, blocks and trauma in essence from their mind and in their bodies so they can get to a place where they're more neutral and they're feeling more grateful and more joyous. And because of that, they're serving more in the world. They're giving more value in the world versus being up in their head and being low energy. And so because of that, the world is like, yes, let me give you these raises. And again, sometimes for my clients, it's not that they are getting a raise at their current job. It's that then they're at a different energy frequency that then they're able to apply for the jobs that maybe they didn't apply for before. Or, you know, they get more clients if they're an entrepreneur or they're in a sales position. And so just new things start to come their way because they're in a different energetic space. And typically, too, because they're in that different energetic space, they're getting their matched back with people in that same energetic space. Okay. So the best example I can give of this is, you know, when I go and I eat at different restaurants, typically when I'm going to a restaurant, because I used to be a server, I was a server in college, is I'm like, I am ready for an experience tonight. Even if I'm just going to like, you know, what we call like a Chili's, which is just like a little place in the corner where you get like burgers and stuff like that, like not a fancy place, but I'm going and I'm like, I'm ready to be served. You know, I don't have to make dinner tonight. This is great. You know, really kind of not wow me, but just give me great service. Because I'm, I find so much value <laughs> in having a great experience and not having to cook a meal for my family. And what stinks is when I go and my server is not ready to serve, not open for abundance, and I still end up giving like a 20% tip, which is typical around in the U.S. at least. But I'm like, oh, but I was like ready to like really... You know, if you were to really like wow me or just give me great service, you know, I would be open to giving you so much more, but you weren't open to it versus, you know, if I go and I'm just really wowed and been given great service, then, you know, I'm in this energetic match with this person and they're, they're just open to that abundance. I hope that makes sense. But that's what I really want you to wrap your head around, you know, too, is especially when I have clients who are transitioning into entrepreneurship. You know, in the corporate world, you know, typically you're just given a salary and yeah, you, you know, you need to deliver value and meet your goals. But in entrepreneurship, especially when you're starting a new business, you have to build a value bank in essence is what we call it. And you have to go out and you have to meet a lot of people. You have to be a value and service to them. You have to give, 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 give typically before you start to see a return on that. So like, for example, with this podcast that I do every single week that we have a million steps for with between editing and all the steps that my admin Rachel does with, you know, show notes and getting this in the podcast book and social posts and all the emails and all the things, right? You know, this is a free thing that we invest money and we invest time into, but this is me building my value bank, right? Somebody finds the podcast, they listen to some episodes and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to hire Lindsay. And that's when I start to see a return on the investment of me investing my time and energy into the show. In essence, I'm building this value bank, right? And so then every once in a while, I get to take returns from that. So if you can just remember that, that money comes from value, You want to be in a space where you can show up fully as yourself without any attachment to the outcome, which I know for some of you, that may be a little bit above your head. It's something I work on with my clients. It's not be attached and then find those people who value it the most. You know, again, I'll give you another example in my world as a coach. If I'm going into a room where people don't care about 
personal development or mindset or they're not women and I'm telling them about coaching, they're going to be like, why would anybody want to buy that? (laughs) And I would make no money, right? But I have to get into rooms and get in front of people who are going to value what I do. And then of course, they're like, oh my gosh, I want to hire this girl. And of course, her prices make sense because it's such value to me because I want, you know, XI results so much and she can help me do that, right? So anyways, I hope you have some takeaways today about money and improving your own mindset. I promise it's so much easier than you think. You know, we think money is so complex and hard. And as I said earlier, when my husband gets into all the investing stuff and my mind starts to spin and I get really tired, that stuff is a little bit more complex, at least for me. But the basic money mindset stuff that I taught you today is to find those beliefs Get aware of what you think about money and it will take you some time. So even just open a note doc on your phone and go back to it time and time again to add more thoughts about money. And this is the value of having a coach too, is a lot of times we're not even conscious and we're not even aware of what we're saying. And there are times when my clients will be talking about something, especially with money. And I'm like, Hey, did you realize you just said da da da? And they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I I can't even believe it. I can't even believe that. I think that I'm like, yeah. This is why I have my own coach, my own life to catch my own thoughts because we're so close to our own brain sometimes that we don't even catch things because we've had it around for so long. You know, it just feels like a warm blanket to us of like, yeah, that's just what we think. Or you don't even question your thinking. And so it takes somebody else to go in and say, hey, are you realizing you're thinking da-da-da? And truly, if you can just find one thought that you have and you're able to fully shift that one thought, it can open up so many doors for you. So if you write down a ton of negative beliefs and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. How am I ever going to get through this? You can just start to easily start to shift one thought at a time and it will start to open doors for you. Okay. And then from there, just realize money equals value. Find the people who value you the most. And the easiest way to start to show up in this world and create more value is to go in and heal not only the beliefs that you have about money, but about yourself and to heal, you know, things that are trauma. And I'm not just talking about what we call big T trauma of, you know, abuse and and things of that sort, but little T trauma. Anytime that you were talked out of your truth, anytime that you shrunk instead of expanded, which as women, we do this very, very often. And so we have to go in and we have to clear those things out that you can fully stand in your power and be in this higher energy frequency to attract more abundance and be able to give even more value in the world around you. All right. That's all I got for you, my friend. I hope you love this episode. If you haven't left a review for the show, please go and do so, especially if you listen on Apple podcasts. And remember when you go leave a review for the show, go then submit your review. So a picture of your review to the link that's in the show notes. It's lindsayepreston.com forward slash 100, 100. And you get a free copy of the podcast book. So this podcast book takes the first 100 episodes of the show and it summarizes them each into one-page documents so that you truly have the study guide for life. So anytime you're going through different things in your life, you know, be it money or relationships or different feelings, you can go flip through that book and then, you know, get these step-by-steps of how to improve. All right, I will see you on the next episode of the show. Bye. 
Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're gonna accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.